Welcome to the Fishers of Men podcast, brought to you by us at So Much Media. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. I'm Laura Samara. This podcast is about relationships and your walk with Jesus. It's about the true stories of Christian men and women's struggles with chastity, sex, marriage, and relationships in a post-Christian culture. So today we talked to um, two friends of mine, Brian and Jenny, and we I know them through a young adult group at a church here that I go to and uh, they we initially wanted to have them on because he has an interesting story of having a past that he like you know wasn't practicing his faith and he was very much in the world in terms of relationships and then he had a reversion but, but between the time that I initially approached him and the time we actually had them on they had gone to a courtship model in their own relationship and so that's what we ended up talking to them more about So here's part one of our conversation with Brian and Jenny. Could you tell us a little bit about who you all are? Yeah. So my name is Brian Bolowski, and uh, I, um, let's say I moved to Los Angeles originally, like most people here, maybe not most, but a lot of them, to be an actor. Uh, I'd gone to school for it, so uh, it it was my career path for about 10, 15 years. I actually just recently discerned out of acting, but that's not here or there. Went into business which has been good. And let's see, I was born, uh, I was baptized as a baby, uh, Roman Catholic, and I was raised, loosely raised in the faith, and around about 21, 22 years old, I kind of fell away from the church. And then I had a pretty powerful, you know, reversion, if you will, uh, about three years ago now. And uh, that really kicked off uh, my faith journey and kind of really started my life, I would say. And I'm Jenny Larson, and I'm 28, originally from the East Coast. And I moved out to Los Angeles for the work that I do with The Culture Project, which is a faith-based nonprofit that really is committed to helping young people grow in virtue by giving them a peer-to-peer witness. And um, I moved to, I guess, the Valley because of the church group of young adults at The Vine, and I've been here for about two years now. And so uh, you all are in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And how long has that been going on? Well, I don't know if we can call it a relationship. Now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, we, tell us why. Sure. I, I mean, you know, the, <laughs> our listeners are like, what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get into this much more. But um, we are courting. Um, we were in a relationship more traditional. Th- this all makes sense in a, in a little bit. But, um, but yes, we've known each other. We met, what, a year and a half ago, a little over that? It was like November of 2014, whenever that is in relation to now. We liked each other a lot right from the start. And uh, December, roundabouts, uh, middle of December, started talking about, oh, we have feelings for each other and uh, we, should, we should date. And then went on our whole journey about what is dating, what is courtship, what is right, what is holy. Um, and it's been a huge discovery process. Mm-hmm. Good, so you're here to tell us the answers to all of our <laughs> all of our questions. questions. Everyone's questions. We're just going to set the score straight. Yeah, we'll just finish <laughs> up our podcast today. Yep. And that's it. And then you can wrap it up. Where do we start? I, I feel like it's important to even just lay the groundwork of like, what is the purpose of life to know, love, and serve the Lord? What is the purpose of, uh, like, 
the state. There are two main vocations. You know, you're either called to a supernatural vocation, which is the religious life, or you are naturally made for marriage. Um, and within that context, um, if our end goal is our vocation, then our state before we reach that vocational end is to order ourselves and to prepare ourselves for that end. And these things, these terms like dating and courtship and friendship and betrothal or these different terms are basically just stages that indicate kind of the level of exclusivity, the level of readiness for marriage. I think it really is a top-down look at you know, we're not, we're not courting for, um, well, without a purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that's become really major in both of our lives is, is the intentionality with which we're trying to live both within our relationship as well as in all areas of our lives. Um, so for me, I think I always see like the umbrella, you know, the umbrella image of, um, if we have a limited time on earth, then wouldn't we want to do everything in our path to really try to order that towards the highest end and the highest good? And I think that's where keeping your eye on the prize as far as I'm, I was created by God out of love to love, know, and serve the Lord and one another, of course. And um, I think we've just learned so much about the intentionality around the the courtship aspect as far as both of us individually discerned that our vocation was to be married. Um, neither of us received a calling, the supernatural calling, to the religious or priestly vocation. And um, we both spent a time to intentionally discern that because I think um, there was a time in each of our lives before being serious about our faith that we... Um, really didn't want to think about the religious life because it seemed restrictive to all the fun we were having or all the the things that really allured us and attracted mm -hmm. us um, that just kind of naturally come up in a college setting or in a post-college environment in a new city. Um, so, yeah, I think for me that's where I, I have to jump off in terms of where we have to start is just that, that idea of this is all, there's a reason behind, there's intention, intentionality behind what we're trying to do and what we're also trying to learn about and help others learn about too. So you all had both discerned marriage before meeting each other. Mm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that was something that we even were, I think, individually given it, um, the, the council of uh, priests and priest friends that you can't, be discerning your vocation within the context of a relationship. Mm. The only relationship that can be active in terms of discernment of your vocation is the one with our Lord. Like that's the one that needs to be really um, nurtured and, you know, as much as you can give him time and your attention and your love and the, yeah, the rest kind of comes from that, but mm. you can't discern your vocation in the midst of a relationship that's like too many parties involved yeah yeah <laughs> yeah too many feelings at stake too yeah. yeah yeah and how can you be clearer about it so yeah when we first started dating uh 
we let's see. Well, right off the bat, we told each other how we felt, and we were so interested in each other. So how did that conversation other. even happen? Because that is also confusing to me. She yeah. lured me into her car because it was raining. <laughs> it was raining. It was so late I was like, at hey, night. do you want to sit? We had just come from a group activity with all of our other Catholic young adult friends at a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. You make me so I, like such I walked her out. To, I walked her out to her car, and I was. You know, we were saying goodnight. And it was it was uh, it was drizzling and it was cold, so she said, "Do you want to you know do you want to continue the conversation inside the car?" And I said, "Sure, of course." Um, and then she said, "I you know I just found this really great song." Sorry, should I not be? This? No, it just makes it sound so like I lured you into a trap. <laughs> I'm totally like just. We, we sat in the uh, front seat on opposite sides of the car. Yeah, they're they're captain chairs. Yeah. And. Um, <laughs> and and then we listened to a romantic song on repeat. And Which we just, I had no understanding of the lyrics of. Well, what's funny is that actually, but what she wanted to do that night was call me out for being so affectionate uh, towards her because and she... And all women. And all women, because she felt like I was, I was leading, uh, leading her on and leading them on. Um, and, but what I told her is, like, in her case, no, I was actually, like, really wanting, like, that was intentional. Like, yeah. I wanted to. I remember responding, well, how am I supposed to know if you treat every girl like that? Yeah. Something I like didn't this. treat every girl like that. You didn't treat every girl like that. Oh, my gosh. But I was yeah. just asking. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So, it was great. And then we talked for, like, a couple hours. And, but uh, then I put on a super emotionally unchaste song that was Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud, yeah. Superly un. Emotionally unchaste. Yeah. Emotional. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about this, like, you know, not married couple who's like, you make me feel this way. And, like, That's you're funny. the. That's going to be my first dance with my husband. Is it? Thinking Out Loud. Mm-hmm. That's it's a great. beautiful song. Yeah. It's a beautiful it's song. It's great. It's great in the context of marriage. Yes. yes. Which is a great time for it. Yes. It's your first it's dance. Nice. If you start listening to romance songs and think about, okay, they're just writing them for their spouses, right? Right? Yeah. None of these, these are... are f- married, th- these are all married people. These are all married people. people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, so... I lured him into my car. She lured me into her car. We talked <laughs> about our it, feelings. The doors. <laughs> decided to go on our first date. You know, plan the first date. Um, the first, uh, first several dates that we went on, we struggled with... Do we kiss? Do we not kiss? We really want to kiss, but we want that to be really special. Yeah, we should wait some time. Um, so there was a lot of like. You actually talked about this. Yeah. 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 That's good right. job. <laughs> we had already gone to that theology of the body class, so yeah. it was like we were in the theology of the body class. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were like, we know where we stand on so this these is things. Like homework for our class. Yeah. yeah right. Real life homework. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How but, far can I push him? No. But. <laughs> So we, you know, we talked about it, and we kind of understood the model of courtship because we had two good friends who were doing it, like by the book, like courting each other, like never saw each other uh, in a private place. In a private place, um, you know, not even like in the car. You know, he couldn't pick her up, and they couldn't drive somewhere alone at night. Um, they spent a lot of time with each other's family in conversation. Um, yeah, and there was no physical, no physical, no hand holding, no nothing. I mean, they were friends. They oh, were what friends. were their reasons for doing that? Uh, they were both just beautifully chaste people. Yeah, they were just and people were, who grew up with. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, they just wanted to do God's will. That was and the ultimate yeah, reason. These are two people who are. I know. Well, I mean, Lord willing, but 
they have a beautiful marriage ahead of them and they will be saints. Yeah. And it's not like that's reserved for people who only do it. They were just, they were brought up in families that raised them to know about the purpose of merit, the purpose of relationship, of courtship is to get married. Dating is not some buffet style, let's get to know a bunch of people in these mini marriages it's yeah, not meant oh. for that. Um, Can we talk about mini marriages yeah, at some point? Yes, I want to yes. talk about mini marriages and mini divorces. Oh my yeah. Goodness. So yeah. they were just, I mean, talk about why they did it. They didn't know any differently. They know, they knew the most beautiful possible thing available to them and they just. Yeah. So it wasn't like they had a list of those restrictions of like no time in the car. No, because that sounds to me like a very fear based. Like if I'm alone with you in the car, what's going to happen? I don't mm-hmm. I can't control myself. I don't know. You know, no, I, I mean, you know, I I never sat Lorenzo down and talked to him about it like one on one. But I uh, it just seemed to all be coming from we just want to do what's right by each other. Like and, you know, and, and Jenny and I have talked about this, like. Gosh, if the most important decision you're ever going to make in your life is who's your spouse. Or who love God. Second right. Most. Right. Second, <laughs> but but the, uh, that's a given. I, I okay. mean, like, like the, I guess you do make a choice to love God. In terms God. of our free okay, will. But, in ter- but like, yeah. I mean, my spiritual director always says, he says, well, this is the most important decision yeah, yeah, yeah. you're ever going to make. He's like, who are you going to make? That um, was just for the listeners. Okay, good. <laughs> love God Not first. Not for you. <laughs> you know that. I know that. Um... So <laughs> now I love that you brought that up because I have a friend that made me th- actually think about this like, a couple years ago. He's like, the world says to fall in love, like that's the, the greatest thing, like to be in love and like all this stuff, and then and then you learn to love them. But he he was like saying it's actually the opposite. It's like you love a person. It's a act of your free will. It's you're willing to do it. It's a choice to do it, and then um, that is greater than just falling in love because sure. the world sees. Falling in love is in the rom-coms and all this, like, yeah. this, this and stuff. And it's also something you can't control. It's like something yeah. that happens to you that's, yes. yeah. It's, yeah. So, it's so emotionally based versus to actually love a person. Yeah. Like, that's the beautiful commitment that you want from someone. Mm-hmm. And I think being able to speak as to why our two friends did this, um, I think there's, 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 it's in... I think it shows a lot of humility when you look to those who are wiser and who have done, who have the experience, who have read a tremendous amount, have lived, are married, are in a good marriage um, by the church's standing, you know, not just, uh, there's so many other definitions of marriage floating around these days, but um, like a holy and sanctifying marriage. These people had the humility to say, what do you recommend? And Brian and I have similarly taken that approach to trying to figure out, well, what is the right way to do it? Because we've done it a thousand different ways and we've tried our own way and we've led being, we've been led by our emotions. And, you know, when it comes to these lists of restrictions, for instance, I think, um, I hope, I hope it's not semantics in terms of making the distinction, but I almost think of them as guardrails protecting something that's very holy. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I think about, you know, holding Brian's hand or kissing Brian or even just touching his face or, you know, like a small caress on the face, those are things of utter tenderness. 
that speak volumes about your desire for a person, your love, your respect of them. And there's something that needs to be safeguarded because Brian is not my future spouse, definitively. Mm-hmm. And if I were to then just act as though I had access to his heart, I'm going to start forming these kind of mismatched, mixed up emotional sentimentality attachments to him, um, which is not healthy for me. And it's, it doesn't show respect of him and his future spouse. So mm, it's so good and so difficult. It's so yeah. It's yeah. so beautiful though. Yeah. Who? Wait. What were we? Did we just say this the other day? Like, uh, Catholic, it's mm, it's not. The car, yeah. what, what was it about being easy? Um, oh 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 oh! It was a G K test G K Chesterton quote. There were two quotations. Quote. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not that uh, Catholicism has been tr- oh, tried and found wanting. Tried found wanting. It's it's that it's been tried found difficult and not given a trial at all yeah Mm. and it certainly is difficult because it it, especially in this culture yeah i mean we talk about this other couple our friends they have their families around them which provides the model and like this sense of it's not that we need safety it's not that we need but they they can court in in a community yeah they have the support of their community yeah and we have the support of a lot of our really good friends for you know, to do things as far as activities and And accountability and accountability. Mm -hmm. But I think the main thing that helped us understand the difference between courtship versus dating is this sense of exclusivity and is almost a sense of rights to the other person. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a couple of things to say on that. I mean, one, I wanted to, to just underline what you said about, um, this is someone else's spouse. Until they're your spouse, they're not your spouse. <laughs> yeah, and if you so think, of, I mean, if you just think, if you just fast forward, just think about, wait, okay, if this person was married, what would I do or not do with them? And the answer is I would not do a whole lot of stuff. I would not caress the face of a married woman. So yeah. that would be just wholly inappropriate. But it's okay for me to caress the face of someone else's future spouse, or at least by the world it is. I mean, it's okay to do a lot of things by the world. So, you know, that holding hands, I mean, you, I would never, Hey, you know, you've been married for five years. Let's hold hands and walk through the park. (laughs) It's funny too. Also, it's not, I think that's a really helpful way of thinking about it, but I also think courtship and these different models of what sounds like a restrictive list of no's is more so what people have felt have like tried and tested ways of all the ways that you physically interact with someone, the whole premise of the theology of the body is that our body speaks a language. Mm -hmm. And so what are you communicating in those touches, in those kisses, in those sentiments? And it's not a prude mentality to say, hey, it's worth looking at and evaluating what is actually being communicated because each of those things builds an attachment. It's meant to. It it stimulates oxytocin. Oxytocin is released in the brain and is meant to be a bonding chemical. Your body is doing the right thing Mm. when it kisses someone else to want to then kiss them more or to give yourself to that person. So courtship just really has a lot of these. It kind of says, let's look at this from from an outside perspective and let's not basically create an emotional drama to fill the space that you're trying to then navigate 
amidst making a life decision. When I look back on the relationships that I've had, it emotionally, it feels like I've been married 20 times in my life mm-hmm. and also gone through 20 divorces. Um, that's just an arbitrary number. I mean, just based on, I think, how many relationships I've had since I was like 13 and started dating. You, you listen to the songs about heartbreak. You know, those songs exist because what we're doing with our bodies is professing our undying love for people that we're not married to. And then when we break up, you know, psychologically, it's akin to a divorce, you know, and, and I, I don't mean to be uh, diminishing the, the heartache in a divorce. I mean, obviously, I, you know, I haven't gone through that. So I know that that's an even higher level. But that's why I call like, I look at these couples, these couples, these like 16 year old couples and the way that they're behaving to one another. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's, they're imitating a marriage they're, and they're in a marriage before they're married. And in the amount of time they're spending, the kind of words they're exchanging, the bodily activity. Yeah. It's not just one thing. Obviously, there's like physical chastity, but there's also the emotional, which I think is actually for women Worse. where we get wounded so much yeah. more deeply. Yeah. You know, because you talk about, you know, multiple of these mini divorces or mini marriages. I know that, like, for me, when I broke up with my boyfriend of four years, I cried myself to sleep for like eight months. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what's wrong with me? There has to be something wrong with me. And then I talked to a lot of my other girlfriends who had gone through similar experiences, and that's not uncommon. I'm oh, sure, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. Most of the times I've been the most depressed in my life has been after a breakup. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, that, but, but it also is a way that women bond. That's the entire way that we became friends, yeah. basically. <laughs> and, and started this podcast. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, so God took something. others away from it. <laughs> God made something good out yeah, of this. Yeah, 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 God can make totally. something good out of it. But it, it's true. Like, I mean, um, and especially, well, I, I don't know. It's really, really complicated, but it can trigger so many like feelings of worthlessness, mm-hmm. shame, you know, guilt shame, and, yeah, yeah. God doesn't regret, yeah, yeah. So it, my understanding of courtship from like one of the reasons we didn't undergo it at the outset was because I was like, that is so prudish, mm-hmm. that is so restrictive, that's so like kindergarten version of dating. Mm-hmm. That's even this was years into my. Uh, work with chastity education. This was years into my understanding of the theology of the body. Uh, even in even having had exposure to that and that much, even living in a community that encouraged uh, chastity and having accountability from my sister, like you know, my girlfriends and my sisters. Um, yeah, I just shunned the idea of it. So I encourage anyone who thinks that it's just a prudish, restrictive thing to really just imagine the kind of interaction you could have with a person of the opposite sex without everything that makes a relationship so confusing because i can see brian with 2020 vision now now i couldn't see that even when we were trying to practice chastity but didn't have emotional emotional chastity or like the 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 healthy boundaries that courtship provides so what are those boundaries and how did you establish them? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we were very fortunate to uh, um, to be friends with and, and uh, kind of be you know, mentored in a way by someone who's very knowledgeable and it, theologically and also has a you know, wonderful marriage uh, himself. 
And so, yeah, we went to a talk and uh, that was called courtship. Called courtship. <laughs> and he prefaced it with like, this okay. is not for the faint of heart. Like, because what I'm going to tell you, you don't want to hear, especially if you're practicing a conventional model of dating, you don't want to hear this stuff. It's going to kind of topsy turvy yeah. your world a little bit. But he started with the premise that, and this is important to get this premise out, that God is love and there, there are no parts to God. He is uh, infinite and indissoluble. Um, and therefore, love, as it manifests itself through us in the world, through us humans in the world, whether it be friendship or the love of a mother or a child, the love of Christ on the cross, is an infinite and indissoluble love. And a man bet- uh, love between man and woman, you know, eros in the Greek uh, division of, of love. Not that it is divided, but you can kind of look at different aspects, aspects of it. Truth. Uh, between man and woman, why would that be any different? It is infinite and indissoluble. So if you say, I love you to someone, uh, or if you, through your body, profess that you love them. By making a gift of yourself in sexuality. That is now infinite and indissoluble. Um, or at least that's the way it's perceived to the heart mm-hmm. and to the intellect yeah which is why it feels like that ripping yeah so if you are going to make that profession to someone and uh it better be once you know um so that's it also says a lot about the integrity of a person if you're saying it to so many people in lots of different ways or lots of many ways it's like it's a lie does he really mean that this time Mm -hmm. yeah or like to what extent does he love me differently than he loved a, a previous girlfriend. Yeah, or... and, and we know that. We know that instinctively. Because I know that for women, you know, when a, when a man talks about his relationship history and the breakups, there's always that thought of... How am I different? How am I different? Like, I'm going to suffer the same fate. Mm-hmm. Like, um, So anyway, so the indissolubility of love is really important to, mm-hmm. to get in your bones before embarking on a, a story about courtship or in hearing about courtship. Okay, so, so the premise that it's... It's, you know, kind of a one-time and for everything. Yeah, but the the guardrails, if you will, of courtship. Um, yeah, any... Uh, so, let's see how it starts. I've never had to explain it, actually, so this is, <laughs> I'm going to rough through this. But um, th- it happened for thousands and thousands of years. You know, if you look at authority given by God, it's been given to fathers, you know, over their daughter until they're married, you know, and... and she leaves her father and uh, becomes one with her husband. Uh, so it's proper in a courtship to ask the permission of the father. It is actually, and this is a really tough one, and this this one we kind of like, I don't think we can necessarily go back on, is uh, you would never tell someone that you are going to court them because <laughs> that immediately elevates it outside of a friendship into something else. Um, so you have a conversation, you know, as a man, you have a conversation with the father and then you are now discerning whether you know or not this this woman is a worthy spouse for you but it's all inside of a friendship and you know everything that's appropriate to a friendship um yeah but with the the given intention of but i i'm elevating you still out of just being a friend because i'm we're looking yeah. at it at marriage but possibly. i'm i'm elevating it for me you're elevating it for you we're not going to talk about 
us. Wait, so she does know that you are courting. Well, her. she do, she does now because we started at the wrong end. But like theoretic, so it, yeah, in the in the theoretical it, model, it, it eventually becomes something that's discussed as betrothal is approached. Yeah. Because because wouldn't it be like, hey, I've noticed you coming around. Mm-hmm. My house, or yeah, right. <laughs> so the main know? thing is, I guess that's a really important factor is that um, the main thing that courtship tries to eliminate is this false sense of exclusivity. Yeah, and it tries to protect the free will of two individuals. So a lot of our interaction and a lot of the interaction of of two people in a courtship take place in the context of a group of friends. Because there's so much that you know about a person and can learn about a person through both interacting with them socially. Mind you, we're not talking with friends at a dance club rave, three drinks, five drinks in. We're talking about, like, good, well-formed friends who are helping you and kind of have the same goals goals in mind as far as, like, trying to be holy, trying to grow in virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think for the woman, the boundaries of courtship are mainly set up to protect us from emotional intimacy. And I think for a man, I think the boundaries are largely set up to protect against physical impurity and physical, um, Mm. that's my understanding at least of Mm -hmm. what's most attractive to each of us. Because obviously like, I think the expression goes, a, a man will give love in order to have sex, and a woman will have sex in order to give lo- get love. Yeah. Mm. Um, which I think speaks volumes about just the kind of the... The priorities. The priorities <laughs> or, like, the needs, what, yeah. we f- what we feel needs to be fulfilled. Yeah. So, so, yes, it would be strange if a guy just started loitering around a girl's house. But the man is seeking the permission of the father as the person, the father who has the best interest in mind, hypothetically. Of course, this is all an ideal. Yeah. So our friends had access to both their parents. Our friends also... Our friends who were courting. Who were courting. By the book. Who also had a great group of friends around that could provide that sense of group dynamic. They also had another couple friend who ended up courting and then getting um, engaged who they kind of did a lot of partnership stuff, you know, things in tandem, like going to movies, going out to meals, um... So, like, group dating. Group dating, yeah. basically. But also, yeah. there is still the ability to be out in... Like, we can go out to dinner, of course. Yeah. Like, we can go to the batting cages. We can go to a fun... Like, a water park or Disneyland or whatever we want to do. So, you all don't have that, like, we're not spending any time alone. Well, that's not that's not actually part of courtship. Okay. So, you can in public places. Any okay. kind of public place, really. Where If you're at a Starbucks, like, one of our morning routines is in, on a Saturday is, like, we'll oftentimes meet up for Mass and then grab Starbucks after. So that's just because we're both trying to get to, to Mass on Saturdays. And um, But, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing in, like, the guidebook of courtship that <laughs> says, like, you should not spend time together. Because, you know, I talked to my spiritual director about it, and he said, yeah, there, of course there are certain conversations that are necessary to take place, especially as you yeah. get further along. And that's why I was kind of arguing with you the other night, because I misunderstood that part, because mm-hmm. I, 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 I understood you to be saying, like, we don't spend any time alone together, like, even in public places. And mm-hmm. I was like, but, like, there are conversations yeah. that just need to happen. Like, oh, right. You know, like, you just need to talk to each other yeah. alone. Like, you, yeah. you know, like, because it's, 
not all of your interactions can be that like hey let's just hang out after young adult group <laughs> yeah and, you know like eat pizza together yeah. you know i don't know and i would say that our time with friends is much more is rather intentional in the sense that like we have a lot of good friends with whom like we were in the car driving down to this event in south la i don't even know yeah. where it was south of lax um the other day and we have deep conversations with these people. So it's yeah. not like we're talking about superficial, superficial, yeah. like reality TV shows or not that there's anything wrong with those. It's just that that doesn't fill the content of the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think there's just a sense of, yeah, we are trying to be around other people who are striving for these same things. And we can then have conversations that might feel very personal and intimate with a group of people, which takes off that level of I'm sharing this secretly with you, yeah. or like I'm entrusting my deep secrets the to you. The only one I've ever told. Yeah. yeah, it kind of removes that restriction, which again I think is really healthy for women to have that kind of. Oh, there's two girls and a guy in the room with me, um, and I don't just have the ear of this man who I think has a you know feelings for me. It just eliminates the sense of um, I have to say something or act in a way that makes him like me. Like. Mm. I can't tell you how many of my girlfriends are impressed with how much I can eat in front of Brian or how much, you know. It's pretty rad. You know, just as a joke, because I feel like a lot of girls are always like, I can't eat that much in no, front of my boyfriend. Well, not us. Not no. us. Good. Yeah. Not us, but that <laughs> is, that is a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. a trope. Well, when you first got in here, it's like you said, oh, I'm not even sure if we can call it a relationship. What, can you explain that? Because I'm very confused. Yeah. You have both professed that you have feelings for each other. You are clearly in relationship, but you're not calling it that. Well, we're, we're in a unique category because we got into a relationship and dated still very chastely, but more in a worldly sense. Like, we were not following the courtship model from the outset. We were much more okay with having, like, long walks on a beach alone. Much more, like, romantic activity. We spent tons of time together. We held hands. We kissed. We were boyfriend and girlfriend. We announced ourselves to the world as boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah, so we, we were... If we had gone about... Our path just didn't really allow for courtship to come at the outset. And that was, I think, because neither of us had the formation or understanding of that. And then we kind of jumped into something and, you know, praise, praise the like, praise God that there were many boundaries that mm-hmm. were put, that were kept in place just with regard to chastity. And then courtship kind of just elevated everything. But by courtship's definition, we are not, Brian is not mine and I am not his at all. Mm-hmm. Exclusivity comes at the moment of betrothal. You know, the when there's a promise to marry. The promise to marry. Yeah. So technically speaking, not that I'm encouraging dating around and that sort of thing. When you've selected a person you think is worthy of being a spouse, you typically don't have like f- five people like that that you're interested in. I think you just have to allow yourself the fact that you have to have the freedom to come or go. Because that's what I think courtship really allows is that real freedom to say, I can walk away and this person would be okay. I haven't damaged their heart. I haven't damaged their body or taken advantage of or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And so I think um, that's why we just kind of backed our way into a courtship Yeah. as we learned about it. And we thought, oh my gosh, there's something here because we have gone about it in the more traditional dating model. We have crossed some boundaries as far as courtship is concerned we have kissed we have held 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 hands we have hung out 
late into the evening and I've gotten emotional and I mean, not that like I've, I just feel that ache of desiring to be married and then I'll talk to him about it, which then creates this kind of intimacy. And we just had firsthand experience kind of seeing, it was almost like we were like Hansel and Gretel. We had left breadcrumbs of some of the places we had gone wrong. And then we saw a courtship and that had the way to kind of Mm. fix the things that we had done wrong. And it just so happened that it was called courtship. It wasn't that we were like, let's go find the the most extreme version of Catholic dating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really just a sense of like, oh my gosh, we have tried this and we have found ourselves wanting something more. and, And one of the things that attracted us to it the most is um i i was finding it hard to actually discern marriage with jenny because mm-hmm. we spent 7 days a week together um not the whole days but but we saw each other every day and um my friendships were falling by the wayside mm-hmm. and emotionally we had shared so much and it was almost like when looking at there was so much tied into there was so much mm. stuff tied into the question of do I want to marry this girl and I felt like I, I had no access to a clear picture of that mm. and if I and I knew that if I made the decision from that place where where our lives are so entwined and emotionally we're so entwined that it's 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 not it's not a free choice um, I felt you know, and we talked about this, you know, back when we were, you know, in, just back at that time, like, I just don't, I don't feel free. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I could totally experience that too. I was like, yeah, I would be really devastated if this were to break off right now, mm-hmm. because I've kind of built my mm-hmm. life in conjunction with you, mm-hmm. not even meaning to, but kind of just because we were spending so much time and then we loved spending so much time. So it wasn't like we were intentionally excluding other people or it just became like, well, we're the ones we want to hang out with when we go out in a group of people. So let's just cut to the end game and (laughs) just hang out with us. Skip the group of people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, so it was just, I'm so grateful for that kind of aha moment that both of us had. I think you really led us to in, and initiated that conversation, which was just so... Well, I think there was so much grace around that we could have that conversation without it being like an emotional fallout. Mm. Um, I mean, there were... <laughs> well... <laughs> there, my, she memory was. Is, my memory is like gray at best. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hazy at best. But in retrospect, I'm very grateful for it. it. It was hard. I would not say... I don't think there are too many women who could go from where we were to something in a sense less connected i mean and and i know that jenny really felt mm-hmm. uh, we we both we both felt like there was a breakup mm. even though like a reordering we're still, we're, yeah. we're, we had to break up in order to reorder uh our approach to each other and our discernment of marriage mm. um but it was a very tough time and i know that you struggled with mm-hmm. um, feeling abandoned and feeling me pulling away, mm-hmm. but it was almost like like pulling away so I could see, mm-hmm. I get my distance. Enough yeah, the to good see. thing is he explained it to me. Yeah, like I'm not able to really view this relationship clearly 
So it wasn't like he just blindsided me and was like, I need space, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like that. He was like, my view of you is very, I, I kind of feel like I'm stuck here. Like, no matter what. And that's not a... I, I'm I'm very grateful for the fact that, like, both of us had the formation, at least. Whether we not whether or not we wanted to actually put it into practice. I really struggled with wanting to put it into practice. But I had the formation, at least, to know that freedom of choice is so important in terms of making a decision with regard to a spouse. And um, I remember sharing with Brian, kind of, early, like, middle of the way into our relationship, that I was like because I've seen so many marriages go by the wayside and just not be what you dream of a marriage being, I was like, this is the most, this is my ultimate fear. So anything we can do to avoid that. So we at least both had that kind of, um, we were, we wanted the best, even Mm -hmm. if we felt, even if I felt emotionally, like I couldn't reach for it. But so now, like, what place do emotions have within courtship? Not much of one. I mean, it's not that their emotions are beautiful and good, but they're also fleeting. Mm. And uh, and also, the enemy has access to them. Whereas he doesn't have access to your, you know, your your wind, your intellect. Your wind intellect and your ill. Your intellect and your ill. Your intellect and your, Ill, your, intellect and your well. So I mean, obviously, like we can feel. I don't know if it's at least women, but like. At least for women, I feel like we can feel 40, 100 different emotions in a day. Mm-hmm. And depending on... And everything's very connected. Like, the fight I have with my mom in conversation with my friend that I'm going on a hike with. And I talk to my boss and I'm just feeling weighted by the whole thing. So, emotions are just there. Yeah. They're like signs on the road. Mm-hmm. They're just there. And yeah, you pay attention to them once in a while. They can be indications of something that's, like, not good or good. But obviously, peace and joy, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, are much more indicative of truth. And and yeah, I feel tons of stuff, but I'm not focused on those feelings Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, this this has now moved to the intellect. Discerning marriage has moved to the intellect. Should have started there, but we had to move it. but now it is, yeah, it's, it's thought-based. It's, it's done, so much of it is done in prayer now. Mm-hmm. And uh, to, apart from one another. Yeah. There's yeah. not a lot of, I don't think I've actually ever had a discernment moment when I'm with you since we started the courtship. Yeah. Yeah, whereas it's before. It's been in a holy hour. It's been in conversation with, um, you know, a parent or a girlfriend or another guy friend who said, like, how are things going? And with you know in this part of your life and with regard to your marriage discernment and you just light up because but that's a good indication of something you know joy or peace such that that sense of like the lord is still very present in my life i don't feel like i'm estranged from him i don't feel like i'm doing anything to compromise my relationship with him and more so this person is just in my interaction is leading me closer to this to to the lord Hmm. Not in the sense that Brian's always praying around me and like whispering prayers at me, not like that. <laughs> but just in the Sometimes. fact that he's—I <laughs> mean, we do have a prayer life together, and and of course separately. Yeah, it's just. So, what are the boundaries like in your prayer life together, though? Because that could be a way for a lot of emotional intimacy. Yeah. Oh, we kind of just kneel next to each other. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe do some vocal prayers together. Yeah, like maybe say a decade of the rosary or... But yeah, 
we're definitely I'm not vocalizing my conversation like gosh I hope this goes so well with Jenny <laughs> please lord just yeah, bring us closer together and there's not that kind and, of intimacy yeah because yeah, that could be really yeah. that's I think is something that's beautiful for a husband and a wife mm-hmm. to have much more mm-hmm. of that in terms of the common vision of what they're praying for the common but obviously two spiritual lives are still maintained throughout a marriage you know we have separate spiritual directors you know these priests who are committed to basically helping you know priests are like well wellsprings of information and grace and knowledge and insight and life experience plus they've talked to so many of different parishioners or these different people so our spiritual directors i think those are the people we talk to about the intimacy of our prayer life Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to, that will, and obviously to the Lord, we speak to him about all those things that we're struggling to pray about or can't make time for or just that kind of thing. And I know sometimes at least just to be quite honest, you know, I think from the woman's perspective, sometimes it is more difficult. And I want to, you know, especially because we did have more access to that in our relationship than we do in now in courtship. Because we would talk more, so I was like, you know, what kind of things are you, you know, praying about in prayer? Or I would ask those kind of questions because... Or one of your, one of your favorites was, oh. what did you and your spiritual director talk oh, about? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Then she'd be like, oh, no, why are you talking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, this is a disaster. Now our conversation is like, I had spiritual direction today. Great, how was it? It was wonderful, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I think because conversation has become more focused and intentional. I think there's a desire on the on my part at least. And I don't know if this is true for all women. I'd be curious what other like other friends who are in courtship say, but I just have such a desire that that Brian knows how much I am trying to progress in my faith and how much I'm trying to love the Lord. And I feel like I think sometimes it's at least it's a it's a temptation to doubt for me right now that I'm I'm not progressing quickly enough or I'm not growing in all these feminine virtues quickly enough or I'm not ready for marriage in his eyes. So I think there is a sense in me sometimes when when we talk that I'm like I want you to know. I want you to know me. I mean, what is that's like the desire of every woman. I want to be known, I want to be understood. I want you to see that my efforts are not futile. Yeah, so now when I call she's like, "No, I can't talk right now. I'm praying. I have to." Yeah. I'm so there are sometimes where I, I am like I, I'll sometimes if I'm like texting and we have habits that kind of trailed over from our past and we still are looking for clarity from s- some of our kind of expert friends in courtship that we just haven't had the conversation yet with with him but yeah like sometimes I'll just be like I, I have to go to sleep but it takes a lot of kind of self-knowledge and self-possession to be like I'm becoming emotional it's also 11:30 at night and no let's be real for us it's like 9 yes yeah, like not <laughs> yeah because I go to bed really early. So what does the future look like in the courtship model mm-hmm. um, and for you all? So, yeah. So we are very actively discerning marriage. Um, the nice thing about the courtship model is that there's there's not a lot of fluff. Like, we'll know, I think, really soon whether or not... Uh, and how will you know? Um, through... Uh, I think through what's coming through in my prayer life, for me, conversation with my spiritual director, helping me to sift through that, um, that's a big one. I'll know, in, I'll know intellectually, like I will say, this is, this is the, the, 
the gal for me. You know, obviously, I'm, I, I, I'll just, I'll know. What are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> but no, I mean, I'll, I'll have outside input, and I think I'll also know internally. But, but yeah, that's, we, you know, discern, and then uh, either get betrothed, and, and there's a distinction between betrothal and engagement. What is the difference? So be, betrothal is, is a ceremony that's conducted by a priest, a priest um, that is a promise to marry. And it's actually, you know, it can only be broken on pain of mortal sin. Like, it's it's just kind of like a, it's a more formal and acknowledged by the church engagement. I didn't know about that at all. Yeah. No, many people do. And it's also, <laughs> it also begins the stage of, of permanence and exclusivity. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, that's what it kind of indicates to the couple. A, sh- a shift occurs of sorts. Whereas with an engagement, it's, you know, will you marry me? Yes. It's just a, that's much more of a, like, a, a, I don't want to say watered down, but like a less formalized version of a, mm-hmm. um, of a, of a betrothal. So would you still have a proposal? Mm-hmm. In a... Yeah. Yeah. But then proposal followed like by a betrothal ceremony. Betrothal ceremony yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it just goes proposal betrothal versus proposal period of engagement. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And I think just to kind of, you know, how will you know that question that you posed to Brian? I think it, it's become very simplified. I feel like I, I do well with like checklists and can you answer these questions? And uh, just as a sense of like, it provides me an, a sense of security. Like I have made a, a, a good decision. And I go back to these internal questions. Um, but does this man possess the virtues required to make a good father and a good spouse. And if you can answer yes to that, as well as, does this person honor me? And, you know, all the things that are implied in does this man make a good husband and a good spouse? Because I'm not just talking in theory. I'm talking about, does this man know how to honor and love and respect me specifically? Does he know how to be a good friend? Does he know all these other things? So there's just kind of like a, a compilation of questions so um but yeah i think it really i think what we're kind of in the process of is really evaluating the we we know we're great friends we know um a lot of these other kind of the lower tier and i think we're now able with with courtship we're able to make an assessment of the virtue of the other person the commitment of the other person to continue to grow in virtue for the for the rest of their life and we obviously know that by the habits and the, the the schedule we have in place for ourselves. I think it just comes down to, and giving it time, you know, it's obviously something we want to give a proper amount of time to now that we have shifted from a kind of more traditional or more secular dating lifestyle to a courtship. Um, just yeah, but it's funny, I feel like like eight months in that other model is like, three weeks in this model yeah. mm. as far as what we actually have seen and learn about and pray about in regards to the other person. There's just no, I feel like if you could think of dating as like this popsicle with like 40 flavor layerings and courtship is just the wooden stick. It's just the heart of the matter. It's the core. It removes all of the distraction, the fluff, the fat, the everything that might get in the way or cloud your vision of someone. It's just kind of overrated. And courtship is just... Courtship is for individuals 
who want to to want to have successful, happy marriages. How do you feel? Was that pretty comprehensive? Yeah, it was. Um, I liked. Like, would you want to live a courtship? I think, in theory, it is. I was actually going through that now. Now that I'm engaged, and like, what are we doing? That uh, we are. We also did a different, different. Yeah, you, you. Bit. They were friends for like two years. Yeah. like three or three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah we didn't. We didn't kiss until we got engaged. That's great. We didn't okay. say I love so you until we got engaged. But yeah. we definitely that's did. That's the proper like, ordering of it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, but when you were talking, because I'm such a touch person. Yeah. Like love language is touch is like my number one thing mm-hmm. so um so when we first start got, got together i was just like i just want to take it slow because like i know myself mm-hmm. and i'm like we're not gonna do all that stuff unless we're like engaged and then um, but he hadn't like he he also hadn't done anything he had like never kissed or he had kissed one girl he was in his second grade i don't know uh, yeah yeah so in his adult life he had never kissed yeah. anyone that's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah, he's, a, and he's he, pretty cute. And he was determined to not kiss a woman unless she asked for it. And mm. yeah, yeah. So. Well, unless he knew he loved her. Yeah. And then my response. And but and she asked for it. Right? Yeah. And then yeah. he said like, because I said, like that's not happening. He's like, okay, I won't kiss you unless you ask me. Yeah. Mm. And then I was like, great. I turned around. Well, this was a couple months later. Was like I turned around. Like I don't hear I love you, and I'm not gonna ask you to kiss me until we're actually engaged. But that wasn't even to prompt. Yeah. Well, we yeah. got engaged within five months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but after but that time, you when know, you know like after, yeah, 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 after three years of friendship, it's yeah, it's a solid foundation. And you all, once you started dating, you knew that it was like that's why you were dating. Like it wasn't. That was our very first conversation. I was yeah. like, I'm not playing around. And yeah. he agreed. He's like, Yeah, I, I want to find out if we're supposed to get married. But you know, but so, like go, to go back to like the touch language or love language of touch. Um, um, we didn't do all those other things, and, but we like he like asked on my hands and like I'm a very I'm very touchy and that's true with all my friends and I know that there's a there has to be an appropriateness to you know me and a guy yeah. or me and a guy friend or whatever um not that we've crossed boundaries at all I mean if you met him you knew you would know like that's laughable but yeah like definitely like you know caress or like touch his face mm-hmm. you know like those things I don't know. You know, it's really interesting. Actually, I was just watching the Mindy Project, like mm. totally secular show, mm. right? But um, so Mindy kind of has a crush on someone she works with, and um, there was a they had a moment where um, he was like dropping her off in her apartment, and she like fell asleep, and he put the blanket on her, and then he brushed her hair across her forehead, and even though she was like asleep, she was like. And she like felt something, and she was like, "Does this mean something? Like, does that mean yeah. he has feelings for me?" And and it was so interesting to me, like when you were talking about the little, tiny, little, simple gestures, yeah, and, and how they can be so meaningful, and how they can provoke such a deep thing in us. I mean, how that much we more, don't even yeah. understand. How much more meaningful would it be to have your crush, like gently mm-hmm. brush your face after? Or, like, if you were crying and just to pull your hair out of the side of mm-hmm. your face yeah. or something versus take your shirt off and make out with you in the back of a car somewhere. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, when we think about the even just something so much more innocent communicates volumes Way more. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I think that's why it might sound prudish sometimes with courtship, but like, oh, you're correct in the yeah. courtship model, I love you is a statement of permanence. Mm hmm. You're not yeah. supposed to, I mean, that's part of what I think really creates these mini marriages between people is because, you know, I thought my boyfriend and I waited a long time to say I love you. And we waited like nine or ten months 
and he said it like two mu- two weeks in, and I was like, "Slow your roll." Thank you. Is what I said in response. I was like, "Thank, Thank you." you. Um, That's better than I know. Yeah. So. Um, Darn you, Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I think there's so much beauty in courtship as far as like, if we if we pause and think about like, just even that example of the caress of someone's face versus this intimate like that's why the quote boundaries are so drawn back to the beginning because mm-hmm. there is so much that's communicated in our bodies in a look in Absolutely, a touch yeah um, i mean women understand that most oh of my all. Yeah. gosh yeah. but what, when you said somebody else's spouse i mean that's something that i've often talked about in like just past relationships and, and crossing different boundaries and that's and that was part of why i knew this guy was different because it's like from the beginning we knew there was something special, mm-hmm. you know, but it kills me. And every time I think about that, it's like someone else's life mm-hmm. or somebody else, like, you know, like, yeah. Anyway, just honoring yeah. one another, but ultimately honoring God first. Yeah. You know, by our actions. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, the last thing is, uh, often we, we get depressed and we like, we think about our mistakes and we get caught up in guilt and shame and all of these like sad, grievous things. Um, but then in the end, I think this is harsh to say, and I, I say it to myself, it's like, but in some ways you asked for it. Like if we only did God's way from mm, the beginning, mm-hmm. if we had chosen God's way from the beginning, we wouldn't have had the heartbreak mm-hmm. that we have had. And, and I, I, I mean, I could hear, I can hear people and even my like self, I'm just like, that's so harsh. And that's like, so mean and like victim blaming. Yeah, but, but, it, <laughs> yeah. but it's true. Like if we only had honored God, from the beginning, and one known, another. And known, and yeah. been formed. Because I think that's the biggest yeah. thing, is so many people don't actually have access to the mm-hmm. kind of formation that we have stumbled across upon mm-hmm. trial and error. I mean, Brian's 35, mm-hmm. I'm 28. It'd be a much different conversation if I, if either of us had been raised in families where courtship was the model we learned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure we'd, we'd be married we'd with be, like eight kids by now. Yeah, <laughs> or at least two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's yeah. But it's important, I think, for that to not dwell on the past Absolutely so much, yeah. you know, and to, to be like, well, I made mistakes, but I can honor God now with my future. Yeah. I, I agree. I'm just saying, like, if we know what I know now, I can yeah. take into my future relationship. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As long as you don't get caught up in that shame I, spiral. I, I think that's important. Know? I mean, sure. especially to make a plug, I think that's something is, that is so important is the sacrament of confession. Just the grace, the, the kind of... <gasps> rehabilitation the reformation the the cleansing of one's soul that is just i mean there's nothing else like it in the world mm-hmm. um obviously there's also need in many instances for people to talk to a psychologist about the psychological effects of a past but you know our sin is entirely wiped mm-hmm. and not only wiped but like erased mm-hmm. from the memory and not held against us mm-hmm. and that is something that's so important, I think, for anyone. Like, there's, n- it's never too late to be chased. Right. It's never yeah. too late. Even if you're married and you're in a marriage, there's just a whole another. I, I remember someone, I think maybe it was Jason Everett, said chastity is for lovers. Mm. Or maybe it was John Paul II. I can't remember. Mm. <laughs> but I know there's a big difference there. But um, it's not because it's something like, there's something so beautiful out there. Even, okay, so even if you do if you are emotionally unchaste and you do have these deep, you know, so moving conversations and then you get into a marriage, 
there's still going to be such a huge state change. Not to mention the the sacramental grace that comes. So like, it's a, just a different playing field now. So the the difference I think that we're talking about is going from uh, zero to sixty uh, you know, on an emotional intimacy scale, or going from like twenty to sixty on an emotional intimacy scale. Like the, those going those first twenty miles. Uh, before marriage, uh, I don't think it gains us anything. It, it, you know, and if you look at you know marriages in the past and arranged marriages that worked out really well in lots of cases, um, th- they didn't have any of that. You know, you get in the marriage and then there are th- new challenges and things to figure out and intimacy to grow in. I would uh, also say, just to add to that, true intimacy exists in a state of permanence that we don't even have access to yeah. in a state of impermanence. Yeah, that's, that's even true. better. That's true. Yeah. Amen. Good, good job. So I really think that they did a good job articulating um, courtship and articulating the benefits of it. And it clearly sounded like it was the right thing for them and for their relationship to be able to move forward because like Brian said they felt really stuck and couldn't see each other really clearly and uh, there was a lot of emotions at play Mm -hmm. I'm not sure I'm 100% convinced that that version of courtship is what I would like to do or or what I would prescribe for everyone or you know what I would say is okay this is the best way to go out doing this because some of the things that are in courtship, I think, is just how dating should be. Like, you shouldn't be exclusive too early. You should have some emotional boundaries um, and definitely physical boundaries mm-hmm. as well. But you know, I think there is a way to use courtship kind of as a reason to not deal with issues or to ignore your own sexuality or to keep someone at arm's length and not make a decision. And I talked to them both at a party last night, actually, and luckily they were able to correct some of my misunderstandings because I had understood from them that courting is basically making a purely intellectual decision and taking the emotions out of Mm -hmm. it. And they said, no, it's not really that. It's just not letting the emotions drive. And because Which I totally agree with. Emotions can yeah. change. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. It's, it's totally true. So they said, you know, it's really not reducing someone to, you know, a series of qualities and then making a logical decision because your heart is still in it and attraction absolutely needs to be part of it. Right. Um, so it's not, you know, robotically like selecting a person off a list, you know. Sure. It's not about shutting down your emotions, but giving less weight to that emotional side we are programmed to do now, like with it, with all the media, with all the songs, like the love songs and all the romantic comedies. It's like, you know, we are, we are told by the world to follow your heart. And that clearly is not wise, um, especially when in light of God's word, but it's just logically not wise Mm because your feelings change. Mm -hmm. So there's a, there's a sense of what they're doing that I really admire because mm-hmm. of course, like, yeah, in theory and for them, it's, it's wonderful. I think it's really sweet. And right? they're both super introspective and yeah. I believe genuinely yeah. working on their stuff yeah. and which is great. And they, they both have like really active player lives um, and are very close to God. And so that's another aspect of it that I think is a reason why it's working yeah. for them. Yeah. 
And but, but like you said, you know, like it's not for everyone. You know, they definitely had discerned that this was something that they wanted to do together and they both were in agreement you know what i find beautiful is that they started out with like more traditional model dating but then somehow both of them individually came at out wanting to do this courtship thing which Mm -hmm. i think is really cool again Mm -hmm. fully recognizing that it's not for everybody but what they are doing is inspirational in a lot of ways because it is showing that we can respect each other as human beings <laughs> without just throwing us into this like culture of dating that is gnashing of yeah. teeth and, <laughs> and tears. You and, know, you can be considering something really serious with someone, but kind of keep your heart a little bit more protected, which is very attractive. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, there is something to be said for going ahead and trying to love because one thing that kind of bothered me in in talking to them, they kind of cleared this up a little bit, is it sounded like from what they were presenting was courtship was kind of like sealing up your heart in a hermetically sealed Mm. container. Um, And and that's not what they said that it is. Um, Because I thought, well, that's a really good way to not have any idea how to love at all and yeah just practicing being away and or or cutting yourself off completely does not allow you to practice relationship which is yeah you're saying yeah right and then and it doesn't even allow you to practice chastity either because you know it's a virtue that you have to use right and it's like a muscle that you have to kind of build up with chastity has to come choice. Yeah. 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 So you can't just be like trying to escape or run away um, from situations all the time. But, you know, they, they said that, no, it's not really about escaping. Um, and you still very much do deal with your own stuff. Um, it's just guarding some places in your heart because you're not in a permanent situation and recognizing that the situation could end and they could go their separate ways. And Jenny did tell me that she's never been a, someone who, like, meets someone and was fantasizing about her wedding or anything like that. So for someone like me that, you know, I do do that, I think that this would be really harder. Yeah. And in the past when I have violated the emotional intimacy boundary that probably should have been there, it did suck. And it led to really incredible, horrible depressions and feelings of worthlessness and everything like that but they also taught me so much about my current relationship with god and how much i say i love god but really have a lot of resentment and bitterness and they've taught me a lot about my own selfishness and they've taught me about just how i fail at loving in general and so it's hard for me to say i regret those and i wish that i could have just been doing the courtship model my whole life which i mean i've only had like a couple relationships so it's not like but um i think in some ways those emotional breakups were the only way for god to teach me certain things even though they were really really hard and, and I think it's good to be able to have that perspective and have gratitude and not see it as just like, oh, it's just like super sinful <laughs> to, to 
have emotional intimacy with someone. But, but yeah, like I said, I was talking to Jenny last night and she said, no, you know, emotional intimacy is going to be there because emotional intimacy is present even in a friendship. Yeah. So, you know. But it's, it's, it's determining how far to go into yeah. states of intimacy and there's different stages where that's appropriate and all that. Just like friendship, you're not yeah. going to tell off right the bat, right off the bat, someone you just met, like your deepest darkest secrets. You know? Yeah. So, um, uh, an- another thing that I wanted to comment on, what Brian was talking about when he uh, d- had his reversion and he had a reflection of why he was now going to do dating or courtship being <laughs> God's way. God, yeah, God's way. Uh, courting. There was a direct correlation of how he treated his relationships and his state of relationship with God. And when he came back to wanting to be in relationship with God, it made him, it filtered down into his relationships horizontally with, you know, people in his life, like women in his life that he had maybe engaged in certain inappropriate behavior or whatever because you know now he's realizing or now he just like morgan you know he's like oh that was not being kind to their hearts or yeah you know and um and i love that he said that like just coming from a guy i just love it when a guy can just admit those things but i also love that he realized it was like my obedience to god was directly affecting my relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I wanted to bring up was, um, since we're talking about the case of courtship, I do like that it is, it does eliminate this false sense of exclusivity. And we've talked many times on our podcast about the confusion of dating, mm. you know, hanging up versus hooking up. Hanging up? Hanging up. Hanging out versus hooking up versus dating or are we coffee dating? Are we network dating or whatever it is, you know, and not really having um, any responsibility or taking responsibility in the relationships that we engage with. Um, But it being this extremely intentional way to engage with the other sex um, with the potential of that leading to marriage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the case for courtship, We'll see. They have more to say next week. Uh, Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at fishersofmenpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a note on our website at fishersofmenpodcast. We are also found on Facebook under Fishers of Men and on Twitter as at LA Gone Fishing. Definitely drop us a line. Send us a clip. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Yes. I'm Laura Samara. I'm Mary Ashley Burton. Until next time, keep swimming.